Good morning, everybody. This is the Coffee Schmooze podcast, a bi-weekly solo podcast. Uh, just wanna, just wanna be very honest and just let everyone know that my girlfriend is in the room right now. She uh, she slept over last night. Um, we did not make love this morning, but uh, we made love last night, and uh. She just wanted to see how, you know, she just wanted to see the podcast in person, you know. She just wanted to see how the sausage was made. She just wanted to see the magic, you know. She just wanted to see how I get down. She just wanted to see how I do my business. So, what can I say? What can I say? What is the great lesson from all of this? If you're a weirdo and you just be yourself and just put yourself out there, some confused, lost soul with an open heart will get tangled in your journey. And then you get the blessings of companionship. And that's it, really. You can just be yourself. You can run a painting and podcasting Instagram site be a low level in both arenas and still have companionship. Money and fame aren't everything if there's potential there. And even if there isn't potential, the the courageous act makes you a catch. So I just wanted to address address what was happening in the room and I wanted to just address it and let everyone know that's what's going on. So that's that. I've been having feelings this week of just wanting to take a baseball bat to my computer. And I just want to take a baseball bat to my cell phone. I think about it probably once a day. It's like a it's a daily fantasy I have where I think about smashing my phone with a baseball bat and how good that would feel. How free I would feel if I were to do that. Unfortunately, I'm just not in a place of my life where I can get away from that. My work, my work, I need to have a cell phone for my work and I need to have a computer for my work. And I, I tried this once when I was in law school, I got off all social media. I got off Facebook. I got off Instagram. I just left the scene. And then, you know. It was really nice. It was really nice to be completely ignorant of it all. But then I wanted to come back. I wanted to make a go of a career in the arts. And you need to be on this shit. You need to see what's going on. So it's unrealistic. It's an unrealistic fantasy. But I do think there is some truth there. I do think the machines are making us all a little bit a little bit weighed down. It would it would feel like a liberation from your ball and chain if you were able to 
smash these things and break them up. I went to the U.S. Open, the big tennis tournament in New York City, and I had never been, I had never been to the U.S. Open before, but my friend from California, Mac, grew up playing tennis, loving tennis, and he was in town, he said, David, why don't you come, why don't you come with us, come to the U.S. Open, so I went. And, uh, you know, tennis is a waspy sport. Tennis is a waspy sport. When I was at the U.S. Open, this beautiful arena, sun was shining. I just gazed out and looked over a sea of white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. And it was, you know, it was, it was very, it was a very white event. It was a very white event. And something interesting about the U.S. Open is that the crowd always roots for the underdog. So if a person is losing the match, at the end of the match, the crowd will really start rooting for them. And I asked my friend Mac, I was like, why do they do this? And he says, because the people at the U.S. Open always root for more tennis. They just want to see as much tennis as possible. And you look out to the court and the underdog is just soaking up the applause. And the first thought that came to my mind was like, this is not genuine applause. Like, the underdog taking and getting all into the crowd thing, it's not genuine. They're not doing it for him. They're doing it because they just want to see more tennis. It's not a connection with the player. It's just they want to see as much tennis as possible. So I thought that was weird. I was like, if I was a tennis player and I was an underdog, I wouldn't accept the crowd's applause because it's not genuine. It doesn't come from a true place of connection. I had an interesting uh, event happen in my apartment complex. For the past couple days, I... uh, There was this awful smell, this terrible smell on the second floor of my apartment complex. It was gag worthy. You'd walk up and you'd, you'd, you'd feel sick. And I started to think that there was a dead body in one of those rooms. And I wasn't seeing either of the tenants around the block. So it really got me thinking that one of them was dead. So I see the the building manager on the block, and I go talk to him. And I say, Luis, there's this awful smell. It's really terrible. You want to come check it out? And he was like, he was like, oh man, yeah. Usually when someone dies, it smells like burnt broccoli. And I said, burnt broccoli? Really? He said, yeah, that's what it smells like. I'm like, you've had to deal with this once or twice, huh? And he goes, yeah. I was like, what a crazy job. What a crazy job to be a building manager in New York City. And, you know, sometimes you have to deal with a dead body. And you would know that the dead body smells like burnt broccoli. And then I'm just like, how? What? 
what a strange coincidence in this universe that a decaying dead body smells like the vegetable broccoli when it's burnt. What's that about? Why why did that happen? So Luis and I Luis and I went up to the second floor together and we were sniffing outside of the room together. We were sniffing. And uh we couldn't tell if the, it was if it was a dead body or not. So he he told me that he was going to he was going to call both tenants and see what was up. And it turns out they're both alive. So it was probably just some trash or some food. And, you know, it's a hard time. It's a hard time in life. Hard time. 2020, 2021 has not been a cakewalk for anybody. And, you know, prone to depression. You could keep some trash in for a little bit too long. You go into a depressed person's house or apartment, that shit's going to smell. It just is. How am I doing, Bella? Is this a good is this a good schmooze? Thank you. It's hard. It's, you know, I I elected to do the podcast in front of another person just, just as an experiment, you know, just to see what it would feel like if I was able to schmooze, if I was able to schmooze the way I schmooze solo, you know, how's it going? Can't keep the schmooze down. Can't keep it down. I have too much schmooze. I have... I'm full of schmooze. On my gravestone, please write, David, he was full of schmooze. <laughs> when, when I'm dead, when I'm dead, I think about dying at least once a day. I really do. I'm always, every day I'm awake, and I think to myself, I'm going to die. This is it. This this is going to end. <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever. But... We don't know if it ends. We don't know. We don't know if we just keep living the same life over and over. We don't know if we're reincarnated. We don't know if it goes into complete nothingness. But we know we die. It's a long road. It is a long road. I'm a little aggravated. I'm a little aggravated this week. Slightly aggravated because I'm um. What are you laughing about? Oh, my cat. I'm a little aggravated. I'm a little aggravated this week. I'm aggravated because I'm I have a job that's that's taking up a lot of my time and it's taking a lot of my energy and it really feels like like I'm really working this week. I'm really I'm really doing I'm really working. I'm through through kind of some legal loophole, a guy in Switzerland is arguing his own lawsuit in California. And in order to do this, even though he's not a California barred attorney, but he's arguing on the behalf of a California corporation, he needs a California lawyer to quote unquote represent the corporation. So I offered to lend my services and my job is just basically to sit there and just say no your honor i'm not i'm not offering an opening statement no your honor i have no questions for the witness and i just sit there 
but I also have my other work to do at the same time. So I'm so instead of having the mornings, usually I do my mornings for my creative work and the the evenings for my legal work. Now I have to do my legal work in the mornings and then more legal work till eight. So I'm working I'm working from like eight to eight this this week. And the trial's interesting. I the trial's interesting, you know. I'm interested in the poetry of all things. I can see the poetry in everything. And the trial, it's just interesting to see these characters, to see the story. It's over a business deal. He got screwed out of money. He did all this work for this guy, and then he got screwed out of money. So it's interesting to watch, but it's also, it's pain. It's pain. You know, it's a lot of pain. He's, he's this getting screwed over for something he put all of his work into is um, really hurtful to him. And you can see the pain in his testimony. So you're sitting there and you're just witnessing somebody's tragedy. And then you're just like witnessing the clerk who's so exhausted that, the, you know, God bless these, the, the, the court staff and the government workers. They have a really hard job just dealing with, dealing with the day-to-day minutia that, that needs to keep the big system chugging along. And then just seeing there's the defense lawyer, and they're just going at it. And uh, you know it's t- it takes something from you. I can't. I don't know what. I don't know why court is so exhausting, but it always is. Being in court because you you leave court and your mind is just spinning. It's like the inform. It's just an information overload, and I can't block it. I can't block it off. I can't sit and tune it out. I'm just too interested. So I sit and I just listen, 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 and then afterwards I'm all I'm all spinny, I'm all spinny in the head. When I I one of the big moments in my life was when I um, worked at the public defender's office and I helped the trial team defend a guy who was accused of attempted murder. And I was at the trial bench, and I was sitting next to Mr. Lopez, and who was the defendant. And for two weeks, I was just in trial, just absorbing the whole thing. And then at night, it's like you can't sleep because all that your brain is just processing all that information. And even when I try to sleep, it was like my mind was spinning, and all there were all these different shades of black and gray and it was like it was i would just have nightmare i would have nightmares every night i would have nightmares from the experience because uh, it's just it was just so dark and so intense but amidst the darkness and amidst the intensity there was this you you get a witness like the beautiful artistry of a trial attorney and that is amazing because they're just like they're like being orators and chess players at the same time you know they're they're being artistic and creative with the oration while also being strategic with their moves and it's all on the fly so it's a very dyna- it's a very dynamic thing to witness when done well and it you know it's fun but it, it for some reason it just takes it just takes a lot 
I was fortunate enough this week to be able to argue a few cases before judges. I, you know, I had a few cases where I was, I was arguing before judges and, uh, and I, and I won this week, which was nice. It was nice. One of them, I won against all odds. It was just, it was luck. It was good fortune. It was a blessing from God. The normal judge was not in. The normal judge was not in. It was a substitute judge. And the normal judge is has, usually has a very like hard stance on the law. It's like the law is the law. And he doesn't like to use his discretion. But the substitute judge uses discretion. And she used her discretion. And granted an order in favor of my client. So that was just luck. Or a blessing. What do you, which one was it? You just don't know. You just don't know. You just don't know. So yeah, lawyering. Lawyering, it's, you know. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. I would like to be a professional artist. That's what I would like to be. I would like to be a professional artist. But in the meantime, I do some lawyering so I can put food in the belly of of my cat, Moisha, and of my girlfriend, the breadwinner. I am the breadwinner. And you know, and that's what's going on. It's what's going on. Just chugging, chugging, chugging along. Want more court today. But then it will be Yum Kapoor. When Jon Stewart hosted the Oscars and the movie Atonement was up for an Oscar, Jon Stewart said, Atonement, no other movie has captured the raw sexual tension of Yom Kippur like Atonement. Atonement was like a Nicole Kidman movie. No? It was a Kira Knightley movie. It was a Kira Knightley movie. When Chris Rock hosted the Oscars, he did a scene where it was like he he went to the Magic Johnson movie theater in LA and he was like interviewed all these people and they all happened to be black and he was like, What was your favorite movie of the year? And they all said White Chicks. It was like White Chicks. That was a great that was a great um he was a great host then they had james franco and anne hathaway host and i was like this shit is it's jump the shark jump the fucking shark and that was the schmooze you know it's been it's been a generally uneventful smooth smooth two weeks just chugging along just Chugging, chugging, chugging along. We'll see. We'll see what fall brings. You know, we'll see what fall brings. 
my yoga instructor said when the fall season changes it becomes an air season and your mind get may get scrambled because it's in the air it's it's air and wind so it's important to eat a lot of root vegetables and warm soups to stay grounded and uh that's that's what i encourage everyone to do and that's what i'm gonna do and uh so eat your warm soup eat your root vegetables and uh bless you know bless you all thank you